Hey, what's up everybody? My name is Jay Helms and I'm the founder of this podcast and movement known as the W2 Capitalist. So just real quick, I want to make sure, cover the idea of what W2 Capitalists are about. So there's a lot of real estate investing podcasts. A lot, of, Most of those are focused on becoming financial independent. You hear a lot about the FIRE movement. That's not what we're about here at the W2 Capitalist. The W2 Capitalist is designed for people who love the W-2 slash corporate world uh, who want to build wealth for their family and to subsidize their income by investing in real estate. So whether you love your current situation or you hate your current W-2 situation, I think you're going to get something out of it. Uh, my personal story goes into the more I've invested in real estate, the more I've actually enjoyed my job because it takes that financial pressure, those financial goals I was trying to achieve for myself and pushes them over to something outside of my W-2 and allows me to focus on serving others and serving people. And it's, it, it's an incredible mind shift that I've been able to go through for the last uh, several years. So enough of that, I want to dive into the, today. We're, we're, I'm joined by Anthony Ornella, who's with Drive Planning, uh, driveplanning.com. I'll link to all his contact information in the show notes. He even gives a cell phone number out. But what we're discussing is the topic of infinite banking strategy. And this is a concept that I see more and more here recently in the last year or so. And I haven't quite really grasped my, put my head around it to grasp the concept because it seems like money appears out of thin air and, or magically appears. And it does. And, and it's taken a while for that light bulb to go off. But as we talk here, I think Anthony starts seeing that light bulb go off for me because it, it, it's starting to make sense. And it's one of those things where the elite investors know about the strategy. They've used it for a while. And now it's starting to be more uh, widely known. And folks like me and you can start taking advantage of it. So it's something I'm definitely going to look at. I'm going to schedule some time with Anthony to personally dive into this uh, in June or July, just because of some of the uh, personal things we have going on here with a family edition. I'm also uh, transitioning W2 jobs in a couple of weeks from when this is recorded. So we're going to let the dust settle from all of that and uh, then schedule some time with Anthony. I think he's got a vacation coming up too uh, and, and dive into this and really start moving forward. And once I do, I'll hopefully we can do another podcast with him where we can talk about specifically what I'm doing and hopes to encourage you to do the same thing. So uh, the main points today uh, that we cover, we cover a lot of different topics, but the three main things I want you to hear uh, is how to vet a mutual insurance company. And it's highly important that it's a mutual insurance company if you're considering the infinite banking strategy. The second one is the maximums and minimums to fund excuse me, the maximums and minimums on an insurance policy. I didn't know those existed or I didn't know the maximums existed. And the third thing, which is hugely important, is you can have multiple insurance policies and you can actually use old policies to fund new ones if they're convertible. And we kind of get into, can you do a, can you convert a term to a permanent? What happens when that term, that 20 year term life insurance policy expires uh, and some of those benefits. Okay. So without further ado, let's get to work. capitalist. You are addressing the gap between your successful, fulfilling W-2 job and building wealth for your family through real estate investing. You are ready to earn, invest, repeat. Welcome to the W-2 Capitalist Podcast, 
Now, let's get to work. Here's your host, Jay Helms. Damn good, I got my whole household is uh, sick of any dogs. And <laughs> you want to reschedule this? No, no. I'm, I uh, I woke up this morning ready to go. Hacked out, okay. uh, out some green stuff and, uh, you know, reported ready to go. <laughs> Well, I, I mean, it's, it's fine. It's totally up to you. If, if we need to, I completely understand. Uh, I'm looking forward to having the conversation again. So, <laughs> Oh yeah. Sorry. So it, just, just so we know, look right now, listen, I got my wired headphones and I got everything. So I got my cute little, my cute little microphone and everything. Oh, nice. 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 I've, uh, seen, I've seen that uh, uh, model before brand before. Um, yeah. I've had, I have some friends that run a um, Atlanta United podcast out of Atlanta. It's a, yeah soccer club and he's like man if you're gonna start this is the one you gotta go with right here so very cool all right let's do it well i you know last so um this is the second go around right so um which i i kind of appreciate because well let me back up for a minute the last time was my fault i heard that little ticking sound and i was like you know what i, I should be able to clean that up with my editing software Mm-hmm. And I played around with that thing longer, a lot longer than it would take us to re-record or to re-have this conversation. I was like, and it still sounded like crap. I was like, I, I got to see if Anthony can do it again. So yeah, yeah. Um, but man, so I appreciate you being willing to do it again. But I will say that since you and I talked, because it's been several weeks, um, yeah. I've had the chance to interview a couple of folks, uh, Holly. M- Morphew, who is a financial coach, and Danny Randazzo, who is uh, an investor, syndicator. And off air, I asked him, hey, are y'all familiar with this infinite banking strategy? And as soon as I said it, their faces lit up, right? They're like, yes. I was like, why didn't I ask you that when we were recording? You know, because yeah. I wanted to get their inf- info about it. Uh, or maybe I did with with Holly, but uh, with Danny, I didn't. And then... Um, I didn't record it, but they were super excited about it. So, you know, last time you and I talked, I I think I left that conversation. I think I even made the comment, I left this conversation more confused <laughs> than when we started it. But it, and it wasn't, and what I'm trying to wrap my head around is where that money just magically appears, right? right, right. And I want to understand everything before I dive into that sort of investment strategy. So absolutely. Hopefully today we'll, we'll, uh, we'll clear that up even more for me. Yeah. I'll stay away from because I've got those videos out there on the internet and everything. Yeah. Stay away from talking real hard numbers and really talk very conceptually. Like, how, like who's the money? Where's the money coming from? How's it changing hands and all that good stuff. Yeah. So. And we can make links to the videos. Um, yeah. For people to, hey, what's, to uh, what's, what software do you use to, uh, to edit your podcast? uh audacity audacity perfect yeah yeah because i'm it's launching great. my launch launch mine in, in about a about a month or two so okay cool just pooling all the uh analytics and all the stuff that i need so yeah, yeah. audacity's uh it's very you know i'm hitting the tip of the iceberg on what it can do but it's yeah. uh it's a it's a really good uh piece of software and it's it's free so yeah yeah it's kind of hard to beat but anyway yeah, i hear you um, all right, man. So let's dive into this. So we're, we're talking about infinite banking strategy, right? Yep. Which is a concept created by, is it Nelson Nash? Is that Nelson Nash? Yeah. Did he mm-hmm. create it? I know he wrote a book on it, but 
Well, let's let's say this. Uh, he certainly put the name to it, and he certainly started using it. Um, okay. I think inadvertently people had been doing it in the past, but Nelson Nash, he was the one who said, you can do this. And, yeah. um, you know, I, I, so he is, I would say, the creator of its so, so-called implementation. Okay. It's not like these products didn't exist before Nelson Nash, but he was the one who started using. He yeah. he put the spotlight on it, right? He yeah. started using it and put the spotlight on it, which I think is is cool because I asked um, Holly, who's a financial coach, um, if she recommends the infinite banking strategy for her clients. And she said, well, I am. She goes, but I'm one of those coaches that I'm going to go through it first. Yeah. Get comfortable with it before I recommend it. And I was like, I totally get that. Totally understand it. So yeah. she's in the process. I didn't get actually find out what the process she's in and doing it but it takes right. time to build up right so i mean yeah so, yeah so basically this is a whole life insurance policy so yeah there's, get there's get it, i'm gonna butcher yeah, okay. that so let me turn it over to the expert here <laughs> um, you know there's there's lots of facets of what what dry planning the firm i work with does but i would say this yep. is easily one of my favorite things to do for people and i mean for real estate investors it makes a whole bunch of sense but so the infinite banking concept in its purest form, I should just say the concept in its purest form is structuring a certain permanent life insurance policy, a certain way with a certain insurance company. Okay. So all those certains involved in there. So yeah. <laughs> banking, bank on yourself, better banking. Uh, we call it the private reserve strategy. Um, cash flow banking has also been called. So Nelson Nash's original methodology was a whole life dividend paying whole life policy structured a certain way with a mutual insurance company. Okay. So it has to have all three of those things. Okay. And the reason, the reason it has to have all those things is one, the mutual insurance company is owned by the policyholders. So that's a big difference. So you can have a stock or a shareholder insurance company, which kind of defeats the whole purpose of this whole thing. Yeah. Because somebody else determines how much money comes in. Um, with a mutual insurance company, the dividends are, are tied to the performance of the company. And it's a privately held company. And you know, I can, we will probably get into some of the advantages of going into, going into a privately held company. But, um, so it's a whole life policy. And again, I use the word permanent life insurance because there's, so there's term and then there's different right. kind of terms. There's 10, 15, 20, 25, 30 year term. Um, and then there's permanent insurance. So in permanent insurance, you have whole life, variable life, universal life, index universal life. And then every insurance company out there has their own products based around all those four umbrellas. So it, not all insurance companies, not all insurance products, and not all insurance agents are created equal when it comes to setting these up for specific goals. Because okay. real estate versus someone who's using it as a retirement fund versus someone who's trying to leverage it out for real estate, it's a night and day structure so okay so let's get into the, to that a little bit you, yeah the mutual insurance company i want to make sure mm -hmm. i understand this. so not all insurance companies who provide life insurance are considered mutual insurance companies correct that is correct so mm -hmm. how do i know if i'm out shopping around i'm going to look at drive planning i've got actually a couple more those folks i mentioned earlier they referenced yeah. me to who they were using mm -hmm. um what how do i discern that just from these sure very new to this concept and making sure yeah. I'm not getting take advantage of, even if it, you know, if I just go out and Google infinite banking strategy or Nelson Nash right. banking or whatever, you know, 
or uh, become your own bank, which I want to yeah. understand that a little bit better because I, I still, that's where the magic happens, right? It's where the magic, the uh, money just magically appears. And that's what I'm, I'm, I'm almost like, man, this is way too good to be true. And you know what they say. About <laughs> so, but back to my original question, the, the, uh, the biggest thing is how do you know the insurance company is a mutual insurance company that fits all those check boxes that you want to be able to get into this type of policy? Yeah, of course. So kind of a two part response to that. Um, I would say definitely find somebody who is a specialist in this kind of stuff in this actual strategy, kind of like ourselves. So dry planning, we're not an insurance company. We're a financial consulting firm. So we do much more than this. This is just one big component that we can show people how to do. Um, So we, we go through, uh, I would say two, mainly just one company, but you can Google mutual insurance company mutually owned insurance companies. And that should bring you up a list. And specifically you can probably Google which mutual insurance company has. And so some of our criteria, um, they've paid out dividends for at least a hundred years. So for the past 100 years, they have paid dividends. That's a big thing because not all insurance companies have. So going back pre great depression through the great depression, through the great recession, um, have they paid out dividends? It's big. Even if it's been 3%. I mean, if you made 3% from 2008 to 2010, you'd probably be the rich, richest person you know. Yeah, you're, you're doing all right, right? So, you're doing you know, better than the rest of us. <laughs> it comes down to track record with them. So you can okay. find a list of all mutually owned insurance companies. Okay. Uh, but do they change their rates? So we use the indexed universal life insurance policy, and we can talk about why we use that don't, versus the whole life. Don't get too technical, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's got the downside protection, but you can kind of feel some of the, when the market does well, you can feel the good upside of it too. That's, okay. that's, why, we, that's why we use that. But, um, you know, it, it, have they paid dividends for at least you know, 10, 100 years? You know, okay. that's, that's the thing. Do they change their rates? Do they always, every year, they're changing their dividends? This year, it's 6%. This year, it's 2%. This year, it's 3%. I don't like volatility. I like consistency. And it's, right. You want consistent, uninterrupted growth, and you're going to get that. But when you can predict, I know I'm getting 5%, 5%, 5%, 5%, 5%. That's when the real, like you can rely on it. You can bank on that for the, for, to be and, punny this morning. So. Yeah. And you're, uh, yeah, that's money in the bank, right? Yeah. You, uh, um, just so we're clear, we're talking about just the return on the insurance policy itself. We're not really into the, hey, if you take the money out and invest it into real estate, that return, right? Yeah. You're talking, yeah, I'm talking about just yeah. the internal growth. Okay. Internal growth. So, or, or, and I guess okay. th- this is a good, this is a good time to talk about that. So um, let's put it in terms for the real estate investor. I mean, that's the vast majority of your audience, right? Yes. Um, Hopefully it, 100%. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> If you buy uh, a house for right. just buy and hold purposes. Stick to easy math for me, man. Yeah, we're, not, we're not doing any money. <laughs> so, so you have two kind of factors. You have the appreciation and then you have the equity in the home. Right. So the appreciation is, is something that's never really actualized until you sell the house. Right. You right. know it's there. You're hoping that it's grow. It's continuing to go up, um, but you never really feel the benefit of the appreciation until the sell of the house. You can think from an insurance standpoint, that's the death benefit. You, don't, you, Jay Helms, as the insured, don't really feel the benefit of that. Well, never, because it's right. when well, you're called home. 
But yeah, not directly, but you, I do have the comfort that my family's going to be taken care of. For vitally, right. vitally important. I mean, if you have outstanding mortgages on your properties, I mean, that is kind of your get out of jail free card where you don't leave your family with a bunch of mortgages. that's all right. covered and they own the properties outright, but okay. absolutely. And thank you for saying that because that is a very overlooked portion of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, Benefit so to me get, is you, that you I don't worry as much. Yeah, exactly. You get the peace of mind, but you never really see that. Also, I also don't want him to throw a real big, huge party. He's gone. Yeah, woo, <laughs> <let's do it. laughs> so that's why I love permanent insurance because you yeah. have a second arm to it. Okay. This is where a lot of people don't understand. So you have the death benefit, which is separate, and you have what's called cash value inside of the policy. And so if you've done numbers on this, term insurance cost is very small. Permanent yep. insurance cost is much greater, but it's that in it's that overpayment. So if term costs this much, it's that overpayment that goes into your cash value accumulation over time. Gotcha. And so you can think of that as your equity. Now the biggest difference is the equity in the policy is you can get up to ninety percent of it, and it's liquid. I mean, it's a phone call, email, and you have the money wired to you. There's no negotiation. No one has to do an appraisal on your policy or anything. So. No, and, uh, um... Uh, health check that you have to go through. Right? That is correct. Yeah. So that money, you can think of that money as yours. Okay. Now let's say five years down the line, you just stop paying for the policy and it lapses. You get the cash value back. Okay. That's because it's your money. You get whatever cash value you have built up, you get that back and they can't legally keep that from you. So that's, that's another thing that a lot of people don't really you know, understand or overlook. So the cash value and the death benefit are two separate amounts. Okay. So appreciation versus equity. If you can think about equity, you can use and the cash value is your equity. Cash value. I want to write this down. Cash value and the death benefit are two different. They are two separate things. Yep. Two separate things. That's, uh, I've never thought about that. That's interesting. Yeah. I, Cause I always thought they were saying, um, so Jay, you, you know, like I'm big on the human capital piece and having yep. people around you that are, that are good at what they do. And, and that's, that's why I would, if anybody's listening to this, do not go online and try to get this yourself. Work with somebody that you tr you know and trust. Vet uh, 40 people if you have to. Do your due diligence, yeah. but make sure that you're involved. Just like a CPA. If you're a real estate investor, you need to work with a CPA that knows Definitely. real estate. <laughs> Holy smokes. Um, well, yeah, and I'm smiling and I chuckle because this is this year was the second year that I've actually used a CPA. <laughs> yeah, I've it, talk about it, it kind of lowers yourself. your stress level, you know? Oh, dude, it, it is amazing. You know, it's, it's, it's not that I didn't want a CPA. It was the control factor. It was just like, okay, I can do this myself. Yeah. Get a bottle of liquor, take a weekend, you know, and just knock it out and I can do it. I don't need to pay somebody whatever the money is, you know, whatever the cost may be this year was like yeah. a thousand bucks because of some stuff we had going on and I, sure. I and I was like you know but I was extremely happy to pay that thousand dollars because literally I collected all of my things um and I asked them when I when I took them up hey do y'all prefer to just like get all these things in this brown paper bag i'm bringing you or is <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it's just, you know no it was all legit all legitimate forms but it was just one of those things where i feel like i'm just dumping on them you know like yeah. you know it's it is what it is and and uh they were happy to do with it and i'll say this so this year and i know that the tax laws change but mm -hmm. this year we paid this is the second year we've used them this year we paid the least amount of taxes we've ever paid. And it was half as much as last year. Hey, all right. So, uh, 
I'm happy to, yeah. uh, um, to use a CPA from now yeah. on. I mean, they, they definitely have our best. I mean, they definitely earn every penny because of how sure. I give it to them. Yeah. But, um, it's, it's, I'm sure it's better than most, although from what I've heard, I'm sure, I'm sure it's better than most. Yeah. 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 So, uh, so yeah, I, I would agree, you know, and this is something where you talk about, you got to vet, I've got to really vet, you know, what is this, yeah. you know, because the last thing I, and there's something else I was going to ask you is, you know, when you put your money into a bank, it's usually backed by FDIC, right? So yeah. the bank gets robbed or something happens, mm-hmm. your money is still there, even though that cash may not be there. Sure. So is there something like an FDIC in this type of insurance policy that guarantees, okay, even though I've Googled, even though I've vetted out and done these things, like you, you said, you, you've, you guys only work, which I assume the way you explained it earlier, kind of like a broker uh, for some of these mutual insurance companies. And, you know, what happens if something happens to that mutual insurance company, right? 100%. Is there a guarantee that, you know, the famous line from Tommy Boy, I can shit in the box and market, market guarantee, but what do you have? Yeah. You know? yeah. So anytime I say the word guarantee, that quote comes to mind because a couple of friends and I just kind of dove into that and just used it way more than we should have. And I'm getting off on a tangent here, and I'm not calling your uh, your product for any reason. But I want to make sure that when I do this or when somebody else does this, that we have all the necessary boxes checked off. Like, how do we know that we just didn't hit something that paid the right amount of Google, you know, uh, marketing, advertising, whatever, and right. number one on the screen, click it. They've got a great page. Hey, I'm just going to sign up. And then let, two years down the road, my money's gone. You know, right. how, how do I, how do I make sure I'm not doing that? Yeah, of course. So there's, there's a lot there. There's so many, so many little things I want yeah, to talk about, there. but yes, so the, every insurance, um, to be a, a legitimate insurance company, uh, you have to pay into as the, as the insurance company, uh, they have to pay into a, a common bank, a lot like the FDIC. So, uh, the name escapes me right now, but there is a, a FDIC that regulates insurance. Okay. So okay. if the company goes belly up, uh, other insurance companies can buy those existing like books of business okay. and, and like you, you are now covered yeah. under this, this person, okay. uh, if, if all the insurance companies implode, there's this big tank of money that's going to keep things in force okay. and paying stuff out. So yes, there's, there's that, but. So uh, ensure that your insurance company is insured. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and again, okay. if the agent you're working with doesn't know this, it's hey, thank you for your time. Um, yeah, it's a quick I, conversation, right? That's that's what it comes down to. I mean, you think about different companies that have other assets too. Um, it, during the, the the big crash, the Great Recession, uh, AIG, their investment a, the arm, their the banking arm, just in, like just destroyed. Their insurance harm didn't continued wasn't even affected. So, I mean, term insurance is actually more advantageous for the insurance company. Yeah. 98% of term policies never pay out the death benefit because by the time people get older, oh, I've got enough money, I've got enough assets, I'm just going to stop paying for this because I don't need it. Because it gets really, wow. term insurance gets extraordinarily expensive 20 years down the line. Extraordinarily expensive. And why is that? Just because they know that event's going to happen pretty soon? The death uh, Yeah, so it is an insurance product. And so when you talk about getting signed up for this or getting started with this, um, age, gender, uh, health history, um, you know, parents' health history can, can all kind of run into it. If you're a tobacco user, uh, those things are going, it's going to raise the, the cost of it, the insurance itself. Right. Um, but if you, uh, like as a, as a 28-year-old, 
pretty, pretty cheap. I mean, I've got some on my two and a half year old and my zero year old. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, dang, they're just ridiculously cheap. Yeah. And we'll, we'll get into some uses outside of real estate. And that's one of them I want to talk about. But so uh, I, you just touched on something there that I didn't really think about or I've never really thought about. You can take a whole life, infinite banking, mutual insurance policy out on your children. I would highly encourage you to do it. <laughs> I did not. That may be where I start. <laughs> yeah, honestly. So, I mean, and then, and then I personally can take a loan from it or is so, it? Yeah. So there is the insured and then there's the owner. So okay. a lot of times for like buy sell agreements with businesses. So if you have a real estate business or you have some deals with the same person, um, highly encourage this as a maneuver for you as well, because you can have this, this tank in your business, which is, a, I mean, talk about tax advantages, it's tax write off because it's a business expense, the money grows tax free, and it can be leveraged out tax free. I mean, oh, it's masterful. Yeah. But, um, uh, you know, just you get it on your business partners. Yeah. yeah, it's the only place you can get tax free growth in the private, privately held company. Most okay. tax-free growth is tied to some qualified plan, which is Wall Street or the federal government uh, in a bank or a CD or a municipal bond. Um, but, uh, but this is the only place that you're going to get tax-free growth in a privately held company. Um, and again, when structured correctly, sometimes there's uh, Yeah. There, well, let's just say that we can put that disclaimer for everything that goes around. 100. This, this, this conversation is a disclaimer on the background. Please do your due diligence and know who you're working with. Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, you know, another thing too, that you said earlier, it's like, yeah, inside the, the Tommy boy quote, you said product, you know, yeah. product. and yeah. that's another thing that I encourage people. Don't look at this like another piece of property. Don't look at this as a stock portfolio. In fact, if you're looking at yourself in all of these linear examples, like here's my real estate, here's my 401k, here is my insurance. Not to say that you're doing it bad. Cause I'm glad you have all those things, but if they're not coordinated and they're not working together, you're, you're missing out on a huge thing. So yeah, people get really product focused when they start talking about insurance, but if you can use your insurance to collaborate with your real estate, if it can be an integrated strategy, all the products are, are intermingled. Oh, that's when the real power, the real, real power comes in. So, so let's talk about that. Let's dive into that a little bit. Yeah. And um, so, and let's use easy math to help me yeah, out. Right. Sure. So, sure. So our, well, let me back up real quick. So is there a minimum to get started in the infinite banking strategy? I can't remember. Here's the funny thing. So when we recorded this last time, I was so confident about my brand new editing skills. I threw away my notes as soon as I, I was like, you know what? I've got to go back and listen to this anyway to clean it up. I'm going to toss my notes. I'm going to make them as I go. Cause there were some couple of points that I didn't hear. And then when I got into, I was like, I shouldn't have thrown more. Good thing to make today a lot easier. But let's talk about the minimums, uh, if there are any. You know, sure. how, you know. So let's just say, do I have to have a, a take out a hundred thousand dollars, you know, life insurance policy or two million, whatever, the, whatever. You're the case right. be. And I'm here's where I'm going to turn it over to you to explain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what what are the minimums? And then we talked about, you know, usually anytime I've gone through health, uh, getting a new policy there's been some health screening yeah. that is required. Is that also required of your kids? You know, if you, if you use your kids to, if you start insuring your kids, do they have to have a health screening, that sort of thing? So talk to us a little bit about those two different things. Sure. Um, so as far as let's start with the minimums and the maximums and all that good stuff. So, yeah. um, Again, going big disclaimer. I, I should have asked what's the maximum because that's why right. I'm going to yeah. hit the maximums. 
sure, sure. So, <laughs> yeah. insurance company within within reason will give you as much death benefit as you want, but gotcha. Is it's got to come back to goals. If it is strictly protection for your family in case you're gone, the death benefit should be the number one thing on on your list. But if the cash value accumulation is more important to you, there's certain companies that offer certain products that allow for higher rates of cash value accumulation and earlier access to it with less death benefits. So that's when you go into finding out what someone wants this actually for is, you know, you may not need a $2 million, $5 million, $6 million life insurance policy to get the cash value that you want to. Because again, it comes back to your age. It comes back to, you know, how much money are you going to use to get into this? But here's the, the minimums and the maximums. There is going to be a minimum payment because it is an insurance product. To keep that insurance product alive, the insurance company sets the minimum. Now, okay. the government actually sets the maximum because back in the day, really rich people were buying you know, $100,000 policies and then dumping a few million dollars in there and having it grow tax-free and then taking it out tax-free. And Because they're smart. Like, I, don't, I don't like that. So the government... <laughs> so government yeah, they said, wait a minute, we're not getting as big a piece of a pie here. Yeah. Let's rewrite the, the laws. Exactly. And so and still there is, some more. There is, right. there is a range. There is, yeah. there is an absolute range that you, you have to operate in. But again, it goes back to, listen, what is my plan? Do I want this? Do I want X amount of dollars in three years? Do I want X okay. amount of dollars in 10 years? And then again, if you're working with somebody who knows what they're doing, there's a way to, again, this is a little detail oriented, but yeah, if, let's say you, let's say you're a flipper and you flip a house and you make a huge chunk of money and you're like, man, this is what I'm going to use to start but I want to put all of this, let's call it $25,000. I want to put all of it in the account. Well, you can start with a large death benefit, fund it maximally as much as you can up to the ceiling, right? Yep. Then over time, as that grows, you slowly decrease the death benefit, which okay. lowers the underlying cost, which allows your cash value to accumulate. And again, that's when working with somebody who knows what you're trying to go after yeah. uh, comes into play. So um, that's interesting. Now so things are starting to make sense a little yeah. bit. Yeah, yeah. there so. you go. So as far as the health screening goes, so if this is the first time, if you are 18 or older, it's the first time you've ever had uh, life insurance, there is, there is an exam. Uh, depending on how you answer the questions, like, hey, I'm a smoker, my, my dad died of lung cancer, um, you know, my skin's yellow. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do more in-depth medical exam, but typically it's going to be a um, urine analysis and blood draw yeah. uh, and just general height weight um, screening. But from, for, from the uh, comfort of your home, right? Or do you have to go? Exactly. The comfort okay. of your home. Yep. They, yeah. uh, there's a third party. It's not with the insurance company. That's a, yeah. again, legally they have to have a, a third yeah. party defendant do it. So I'm curious. They don't, they don't need it. Okay. I'm, your kids do not need it is what no, you just said. Cause I talked to you. Okay. So I'm curious. So when I got my first, uh, I don't have a whole life insurance policy currently. Um, it, you know, and I did when I was 21, I started it, um, not married, no kids, uh, put a hundred bucks a month into it. And yeah. by the time I was 31, I had stumbled upon Dave Ramsey, who's totally against it. And mm -hmm. so I sold that policy, actually paid off some debt, you know, and I think last time I'm, we talked, I mentioned that we've been debt free for, uh, five plus years and other yeah. than our mortgages on our property. So that's, that's pretty awesome to, to feel, not feel that pressure of that. But um, I was not aware of the infinite banking strategy then, nor yeah. was I interested in real estate. Uh, the things you learn, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I forgot where I was going with that. 
completely just lost my train of thought. That, that's all right. That's all right. It comes with age, I hear. Yeah, uh, <laughs> age is a mindset, but your body has different uh, different plans. Oh, I know what it was. It was a, it was a dumb question. So when that first policy that I had, the one of the questions on the questionnaire was, "Have you ever? Have you not ever?" But it was something around smoking marijuana, right? Mm -hmm. And lots changed in the last. 15, 20 years around that subject. So how do y'all handle that now? Or, you know, with, with folks in Colorado and all the different stuff, I think even Florida's passed some laws recently to make it yeah. a little bit more um, easier to be, have recreationally or whatnot. But how do y'all, how do y'all handle that now? Is that, is that an issue? Um, yeah, so I think it comes back to how you take it in. Well, one, it's your state, obviously. Uh, so our okay. firm's based out of Atlanta, where Georgia, it's still still illegal. You can have it medically, but there's nowhere to buy it in Georgia. So gotcha. you can't you have, have to come it. to Florida, right? Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> um, so if you are smoking it, obviously smoking it, depending on how you're ingesting the marijuana, if you're medically cleared for it and yeah, a doctor prescribes it, you have to you have to annotate that on your med medicine like doctor prescribed such and such tincture you know the, the i don't know the, the industry very well so yeah i don't need i mean i don't three drops on my tongue daily or whatever you know so you have to make a note of it because it is a medical prescription gotcha but again the smoking in aspect it, there's smoking in, is much more regulated than like creams and oils and, and okay stuff like that so I think smoking it is treated similar to that of tobacco. However, marijuana doesn't have uh, the research on the long-term effects on, let's say, lung disease and, and, and cancer and stuff like that. So okay. um, it, it's noted, but as long as the state, the state you live in is uh, allows it legally and uh, you, know, you have it legally, uh, it's taken into consideration, but it's not, it's not something that, uh, is a deal breaker for you. So you're not disqualified if no. you know, check all the legal boxes around that topic. Sure. Yes. Okay. And you know, another thing too, and it's actually somebody from the Facebook group I was talking to about it. Um, she's a skydiver and she asked the question, like, does that disqualify? Wow. Yeah. So insurance companies want you to be insured. Like let's, I mean, they yeah. want you to be part of their team. <laughs> yeah. So like for military, for example, yeah. spouse, like we talked about last time, um, there's what's called SGLI and it's the only insurance policy that will pay out if you pass away from military related death. Okay. So combat basically, if you die, um, if you have regular life insurance and you go overseas and you know, you give your life serving the country, the death benefit doesn't get paid out to your family. So the cash value is separate. You get the cash value. That is, um, it's, it's just like, you know, are you a firefighter or do you, do you handle tigers? Do, yeah. Are you a skydiver? It's, it's, unnecessary risk on their part and so they won't necessarily cover it but they have what's called exclusion riders so they'll still insure you and they know that their inherent risk is now taken care of they're not going to cover any of that so the cost is just the same as if you weren't one of those things that's uh that's fucked up it's it's not great <laughs> it's, it's certainly not great but i mean uh, it's it's it's, it's you know, i get it but you know that's why the SGLI right, from, a, from a business standpoint, I understand they're trying to be profitable, but to not insure, to, to have our uh, men and women who are defending our freedom and insuring our freedom to not insure them on a normal policy. That's, I didn't know that. That's, so just, that's just military, just combat related. They'll, yeah. they'll do everything else. Um, Anything like stateside. Your you're training fine. in your Humvee and yeah. the Humvee flips, that's covered because that's not yeah. worth gotcha. it. That's why SGLI exists. 
yeah. um, to, to make sure the families are taken care of. I got uh, you. Even then, like that policy, it's cheap, but it's there's not a whole lot of coverage available. Yeah, so and I, wish that, I wish that would change too. But that's uh, that's that's horrible. <laughs> so you know, another thing too, we talked about having older policies. Um, okay. So if if someone like you that had cash value built up in the life insurance and they didn't get their cash value, it's time to go knock on the door and go get yeah. your money because it is yours. But no. if you have a policy, and let's say you know, like I'm. I know that if I go to draw, if I go to collateralize a loan, and let's talk about that next. If I go to, if I get to loan that money out of that policy, um, does the account draw down? And if the answer to that is yes, you can do similar to a, a 1031 exchange. I think it's called a, a 1035, where you can take the cash value and use it to fund the new policy. So if you got one when you were really young, but you have all this extra capital that you want to pour into this thing, and you can get a new policy. You can get, you can have ten policies on yourself. Like it doesn't matter how many policies you have. Okay, I didn't know uh, that either. Yeah, you can. I mean, this thing it goes deep and wide with this with this whole system. But um, you can use old policies to fund new policies, um, and that one takes the burden of of paying it, and two yeah. also allows you to kind of open up open up the the box to pour more pour more. All right. Capital. So, so you just had a couple of questions. Um, popping my head based on a comment. Can I use a term? Probably not just based on, but I want to make sure I'm clear. Can I use a term insurance policy to start a infinite banking mutual insurance policy? I'm assuming the answer is no. Technically, yes. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, if, if you stay with the same company um, and the agent was smart and made it convertible, and that's typically, I can't imagine they wouldn't have. If you have an existing term policy, there is a convertibility um, stipulation, rider, addendum, whatever it is. And it just means at any point in time, you can convert this to a permanent insurance. Now, it's going to be at your attained age. So if you got the term when you were 20, and now you're 40, it's going to be the cost of a 40-year-old's permanent policy. policy. Makes sense. However, if it stays within the company, let's say you're with uh, National Life Group, for example, or Pacific Life, those, those, are the two, those are two of the best when it comes to the products that, that we, that we okay. use. Um, you, can, you get credit. So if you've had it for 20 years and you're converting it in like year 19 you know, or year 20 because it's about to expire and you convert it, they will give you what's called term credit. And okay. that will typically, that'll typically start your funding process off right at least for one, maybe even two years, depending on how long. Okay. So yes, the answer is yes. Okay. Is it normal practice for insurance agents to monitor those policies and say, look, Hey, this, this 20 year policy is going to expire next year. Uh, we need to do something it, for that. Is it, that. If, if they were smart, well, Okay. Are actually, they incentivized no. to do that? I guess. So actually, no. So so what's what's called? So when your term insurance comes up to that term, if you want to renew it, it's, it goes into what's called ART. So annual annual renewable term. Okay. So you got it when you were twenty, but now you're renewing it at forty. Instead of your you know sixteen bucks a month or you know hundred dollars a year, it's going to be more like a thousand dollars a month or. $2,000 a month or $3,000 a month. And every year it's going, so it's guaranteed insurability. So you, they can't deny you, but you're going to have to pay. And every year it goes up and up. Can't and deny up. you, but also can't deny that I'm going to charge your ass how far. And that's why a lot of these <laughs> things don't pay out. So that's, I mean, so I got it's actually incentivized from a monetary, okay, not as a moral, moral standpoint, but as a monetary standpoint, if you continue to just renew it, these huge premium payments, the agent gets you know more money. Yeah. Of that. So technically, 
Hey everybody, I want to take a break from the action real quick and point you over to Passive Real Estate Investor Academy. It's one of our affiliate sponsors for the show. Um, Annie Dickerson, who leads up the academy there, I've met her, I met her at a conference last year. I uh, wanted to meet her because she is actually on uh, one of our posts, uh, 12 sites every financial freedom seeker should know about. Uh, the things that they're doing at Good Ag Investments, uh, I'm just amazed by. Uh, she had a very successful W-2 career, but also, uh, I think it was last year, uh, 2018, she was able to pull her parachute cord and become a corporate dropout and focus on real estate investing full time. So, and by that, I mean her and her partner are now syndicating deals through their uh, corporation, Good Egg, Good Egg Investments. And what I'm most impressed by these, these ladies, what they're doing is they closed, I think it was around 3,500 doors last year. Um, and now they're teaching, they've launched this course, Passive Real Estate Investor Academy. Uh, to teach people what it really means to become a passive real estate investor and working with syndicators. Whether you work with them or not, it helps you understand what a passive real estate investor is all about. So check them out. We have a specific link for you. You can find it at helmsrei.com slash P-R-E-I-A. All right, let's get back to it. I guess no, it depends on their, again, it goes yeah. back to doing your due diligence and finding out yeah. who you're working with, you know? Yeah. And I need to do that. You know, I, I, uh, I have a term insurance policy now. Luckily, I, several years ago, I, I've converted from, uh, I did one of the dumbest things. I had our, my employer insure me, right? Mm -hmm. And everybody's like, don't do that. You'll, you know, if you have to, just to say in 10 years, you leave that employer, you know, 10, now you're 10 down, years down the road, you may not be insurable 10 years down the road, you know, and you kind of align yourself to that. So I went out and got a third party to do mine probably five or six years ago. Um, yeah, that is, that is a conversation that I would love. Um, oh my gosh. Pensions, 401k plans, yeah. uh, group policy. I mean, health insurance, I would say is probably a big, big, good benefit, but life insurance through your employer, uh, 401k through your employer, so many things. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So many things can go sideways that people, I mean, the vast majority doesn't happen to, yeah. but it does yeah. happen. It does happen a lot more than people want to think right. about. So, and, and when it comes to insurance, you're not, you're not really, you know, you're, you're, you're planning for the one off, right? You're planning yeah. for that exception to the rule. Yeah. Right? I mean, in, in going, I mean, your, your employer tomorrow could just say, Hey guys, we're going to cut costs. Um, no more insurance for anybody. I mean, it's as simple yeah. as that. I mean, yeah. in control of not only your money, but just all the decisions that, that make up your financial you know, situation, man, if, if you can be your own bank, you know, I, I actually had a conversation with, um, Alexander Scott Fleece after, yeah. after yeah. your podcast. Yeah. He was like, hey, you can just schedule a Skype, you know, a Skype call with me. And I was like, if he's willing to do that, I'm going to do that. You know? Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, you know, he said something that after, you know, like a day later, I was chewing on it uh, because <laughs> I got into banking because that's where all the money is. And I thought to myself, that's true. So why aren't you making an effort to become your own bank then? If that's where all the money is. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, He's a self-proclaimed uh, contrarian. So conversations with him are always interesting, right? <laughs> he's, he's, you know, he's a man of integrity though. You can, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I, there's no BS. There's no BS with him. So. You, uh, you definitely know where you stand with him. I, I enjoy, um, our friendship, which is, you know, strictly through social media and, and he's yeah. been on the podcast before too, but, uh, yeah, I've, uh, I appreciate his stance <laughs> from where he gives me a hard time a lot, which is, which I need. So, um, let's, so let's talk about, um, uh, one other thing I wanted to ask you about there. So if I have a, let's just say I've, I've kept that policy when I created with when I was 21, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that was a mutual insurance policy just because of the name. I remember the name of the company and I wanted to convert it. Let's just say, you know, you call me up like you have been, or you've been active in the Facebook group talking about trying to help people with different strategies and whatnot along this infinite banking strategy, um, option, right? Which again, a lot of people don't know. And I think it's one of the, I think you said it last time. It's one of those things that it's one of those tricks that the wealthy people know. Yeah. That is just now, I think, cause that was one of the qualifying questions last time. Hey, if this is so good, why aren't more people doing it? Yeah. And it's you had a very good answer to that. Yeah. It is a, it is a big secret. You know, yeah. that's, it's uh, like you, st- you study game tape. If you're an athlete, you know, you study, right. game tape. Uh, you know, one of my mentors, he is an avid learner and he, he studies the, the, the ultra affluent. He studies institutional investors. And one of the things he's like, man, they're doing this all the time. I mean, they're doing this yeah. crazy amounts. So why aren't more people doing it? It's just because it's not taught in school. It's not something that's really known by, it's not even taught in insurance agent training. You know what I mean? Like this isn't something that's normal. This is wow. a very a highly specialized, you know, yeah. Avenue. If you Which will. is uh, just to reiterate something we've said over and over and over, do your due diligence, right? 100%. 100%. Um, and I've always, imp- I mean, this is obviously not the first time we've talked. It's not the second time we've talked, right? Yeah. And every time we've chatted, uh, I've been impressed with your knowledge and information on the product. It seems you, you know, if you're, if you're, and I'm using air quotes, selling me something here, you're, you're very quick to answer with a confident answer. And that tells me that, you know, your stuff, right? So I don't think you're trying to sell me a bag of goods or a yeah. bag of sticks or whatever they're saying there. <laughs> no, that's the, the old adage, the, the mask, the jack of all trades is the master of none. I've, um, yeah. since, since getting involved with drive planning, I've I really dedicated. I mean, part of the reason I'm not as active in real estate personally yeah. is because I've thrown myself at learning everything about this stuff. Yeah. I mean, this, I am, I want to be, top of mind if someone's got questions about this hey where's anthony where's his number yeah you know that's yeah. i i, I want to be a resource to people on this subject because i know i i know how powerful it is yeah I mean, yeah I mean, i've run so many numbers and scenarios and i've used it personally and oh man it's it's really good stuff so I, you know, that's I also to- good to hear that you've used it personally because oh. it's, it's one of things where yeah yeah i mean it, you know i'm probably i'm sure you get that question when people are ready to sign up with you one last question every time Every time. Do you use it? Do you use the, uh, do you drink the Kool-Aid you're, you're selling? So, um, but one of the things, we'll make sure I cover this. If I would have kept that policy when I was 21 until now, and it was a whole, mm-hmm. or, whole life, uh, wholer, I was going to say whole term, which is not what I meant. If it, it was a whole life with a mutual, mm-hmm. could I say, okay, now that I've had it with that company for 20 years, and if it was convertible, right. Mm-hmm. Could I say, okay, now I want to take that some money and I will put it over into give it to Anthony at drive planning and, and let's create something through that. Is that what you were saying? That that's, that's a possibility. Sure. That so you're, okay. you're saying you, you had a whole life policy back in, back in your early twenties. Yes. So it's, it works just like a 1031 exchange where you take, that's uh, the 1035 thing that you were talking about, right? Yeah. So in okay. terms, terms it's, I believe, I believe it's called a 10, 1035. Okay. It's you just take the existing cash value in a, an existing whole life policy or an existing index universal life policy. And you use that to fund your, um, you use it to fund your, uh, your next policy, your next policy. Okay. So an advantage of doing that, obviously, so the tax-free growth, if you, if you then let the policy lapse, that money is withdrawn into your bank account. And so that yep. is now taxable income. And so gotcha. 
advantage, hey, this is going to lapse, I'm not going to pay it, or just I want something more, I want something more powerful, you do that and it avoids the, the, the income tax on that cash value. Okay. Um, is there anything, uh, you know, like with retirement accounts, 401ks, you reach a certain age, you know, right now it's 59 and a half, then you can take that money out tax-free. With insurance policies, is there an age number that which you can reach and you can get the cash value tax-free? So um, I, I would just qualify. I'm not a fan of qualified plans. I think we've talked okay. about it a little bit too. So the, the term tax deferred, if anybody listening again has a tax deferred account, don't. Okay. <laughs> yeah, convert deferred. it as soon as possible. Yeah. Tax, tax deferred just means I'm waiting to get taxed on my money. And right now, and this is a very not known fact, is a good time to get taxed. We're at the third lowest tax bracket in U.S. history right now. So it's a really good time to get taxed. So there's there's some different things that you can do depending on your age. So you can roll it out into a self-directed and then do another move called a 72T, which allows you to withdraw the money in large chunks and you can use it to fund some of this. But um, to answer <laughs> your question, sorry. Uh, to answer no, your question. Um, uh, so if the policy is structured correctly at any point in time when you have access to the cash value, it can be collateralized via loan tax-free. Okay. Whenever you withdraw the money out, it is viewed as taxable income. Okay. Let me, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let me, let me rephrase. This is one of the only policies that you can do a uh, first in first out. Most policies are um, first in last out. And what that means is if you do a regular investment, you're let's say $50,000 in, you make say $5,000 on that. When you okay. withdraw that and don't let it roll over, you have to withdraw the gain first. So uncle Sam can tax that via capital gains. This policy, it kind of, you can, I guess, kind of compare it to a Roth where you okay. have access to your cost basis. So as long as you're withdrawing your, your contributions or your principal, which is after tax money, it's not right. taxable. Okay. So as soon as you have access to cash value, yeah, you can get to it tax-free in some, some capacity. Okay. That's another uh, advantage. It gives you early access and control. Like that okay. is so vitally important to this. Yeah. Cause otherwise, yeah, that's, that's a very um, good determining What's the word I'm looking for? Um, differentiating factor. Thank you. And I went to, with determining. I went to say differentiating factor. <laughs> That's good, man. That's good. And I appreciate it. Hey, so one of the, so let's get into a uh, real high level, how this thing works from real estate yeah. acquisition. Cause I know we're running up on time. We got about 15 minutes. I'll make sure yeah. we cover this very important part because uh, as we talked last time, I hope you can see my light bulb is getting a little brighter, right? From last time. But you know, last time we talked, we had, um, you had provided the spreadsheet and this movie uh, video about here's how this works. And I'm like, well, it just looks like it appears out of thin air. So yeah, just poof, there it is. Um, so let's just, let's take, for example, I have a hundred thousand dollar cash value. Sure. And correct me if I'm not saying the right term, but a hundred thousand dollar cash value. I want to use that hundred thousand uh, dollar to purchase a property, whether it be buy and hold or a flip. I don't think it matters, right? As long no, as it goes okay, a car. <laughs> or a car, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, as long as it's collateralized as a loan, as you put it earlier, then I can mm -hmm. take it out tax free and pretty much do what I want to with it. But in this case, we want to buy more real estate, right? So I'm taking that hundred thousand dollars. I'm buying more real estate. Um, you got into something, I think this is where I got confused last time that the value of that insurance policy would still stay at a hundred thousand dollars. 
Mm-hmm. And that's where I got confused. Very, very big piece of it. Yeah. So that's another differentiate. <laughs> I can't even say it again. Differentiate. Everybody Forget knows it. what you're saying. Everybody knows what you're saying. <laughs> Don't even worry about it. <laughs> uh, so help me understand. Try to help me understand that a little more this time. Sure. So, okay. Um, you have your $100,000 of cash value. Now, again, um, and I, I think this is, this is nitty gritty. Not death benefit, but cash Not value. Not cash right. value. So okay. the insurance company, again, depending on the insurance company, they will allow you to have access to 90 to 90, up to 95% of okay. all cash value in there. So the reason they do that is because if you are going to borrow the money, it's going to cost you a small percentage. Okay. Um, so they don't want you to leverage 100% because that means the policy is in jeopardy of lapsing or, or okay. you know, imploding. So, so now I have $90,000. Let's just say you have access to $100,000 of cash okay. value. That's for ease of, ease of calculation. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. Um, so you have $100,000 of cash value inside your life insurance policy and you've identified a property that's going to take for acquisition and rehab before tenants go in before sale. It's going to be $100,000. What you do is you go in you make a phone call. You send your email. You get the money wired to you. And this is a phone call to you or somebody yeah, no, on your team. Is, this is, I mean, I guess technically if you work with me, you can call me and then I can call them. But I mean, okay. I don't, I don't have to, I don't have to be a player. I mean, it's your money. I'm a, I'm a consultant, not a, gotcha. I don't like, no, I'm I don't like you. to touch your money. You know what I mean? I'm following you. Okay. Yep. Uh, very if I don't have to, be involved, if you want me to be involved, I, I can help out, but I don't yeah. have to. <laughs> I got you. He's not answering his phone. Dang it. Yeah. Uh, but so you've got your cash value. If you go in there, they will then wire you the money into your bank account. Okay. Now, this money is used as collateral. Just like if you get a car loan, the car is collateral. Okay. Just like if you get a mortgage, the bank has a lien on your home. It's the same thing. That money stays intact at $100,000. Okay. They just put a hold on it. Okay. So they have control. They have say first say to it if you don't pay. Okay. The money comes from the insurance company, not out of your policy, but the insurance company's coffers. That's where that money comes from. Okay. Now you as the investor have that hundred thousand dollars cash in hand. Okay. Now go ahead. Yeah, I was gonna say when you when you um this, see that's a benefit of doing this on video, you wouldn't have caught my facial expression to ask that question. So um when you say that the insurance policy has the first right to that money, you're talking about the insurance policy, not the property that I use to buy with that money, right? 100%. And okay. that's another really good thing. This is not, this is a mutual company. It's private money. This is okay. a, as a loan on your debt to credit score. This has nothing to do. So let's say you have at in, while you're doing this whole deal with this property and you see another great deal, you can go to a bank or a hard money loan or a hard money lender and get them to lend you money to go do a second project at the same time this is going on. Gotcha. Viewed as a loan on your policy because, or on your balance sheet because it's private money and it's gotcha. already taken. You're not in debt at all. Okay. Um, and they don't let you loan. They don't let you leverage it fully because they, they know it's going to cost you some. And let's talk about the interest rates again with a good company right now. I think ours, I think the, the companies that we, we work with are 4.3 to 4.5% is going to okay. be of, of using that. So. And, and why you mentioned that? So I, I let the W2 capitalist mastermind members know I was talking to you and the other mm-hmm. podcasts that I've got lined up this week to our interviews I've got lined up this week, see if they had any questions. And that was one of the, one of the questions that came from one of the members 
when you borrow against your whole life policy, do you advise people to pay back the loan as interest only lump sum or an amortized schedule? I'm going to, I'm going to categorize amortized as differentiate. I can't say those words this morning for some reason, but anyway, so what's, what do you, what do you advise people to do as far as the payback? I mean, 4.3 is pretty inexpensive. Yeah. Um, So that's another beautiful thing. It's there's unstructured loan. So you're guaranteed if you have the cash value, you're guaranteed to get the loan. They can't tell you no, that money is your money. You say you're guaranteed a loan. Um, Two, there's unstructured loan repayments. And so let's say if that property doesn't cash flow, like you were projecting in the year's timeframe, yeah. You don't have to pay that money back as long as you have enough cash value in your account to cover that 4% interest. Okay. So again, let's, let's, let's go here. So let's, you're, you're doing your thing over here with real estate. Your $100,000 is, let's just say that take the average of 5%. So yeah. passively, this $100,000 is going to make 5% tax free. That's going to be what? $5,000, right? Sure. Yep. Yeah. So $5,000 of internal growth. How much is the money costing you to use? 4.5. Yeah. So you've cut your internal growth in this hundred thousand dollars has covered the cost of using this money out. Here. Gotcha. And so your policies growth, again, they're going to put a lien on, on that, that percentage. So you're really netting a half percent inside your policy to, to collateralize more, but your policy is funding itself. If that yeah. makes sense. And so now you're out here. And again, if you're doing your job, right. And you're doing yeah. a good job, <laughs> you have your $100,000 in two places at one time doing multiple jobs. And so this property is not only appreciating, but hopefully it's cash flowing for you if you're buying holding it. And then from that point, you can make small payments. And that's where a lot of power comes from this. If you have cash flow, what do you use your cash flow for? Is it make you live better? Most of the times, no. I mean, if you're an earned investor repeater, you're putting that money back into your accounts and you're saving up for your next deal. I appreciate the plug on the Yeah, of course. <laughs> that was good. You so, did that's a good transition to it too. <laughs> let's just say let's just say you take all of your cash flow and you put it back into the policy. Again, you're paying interest. So you can do interest only because again, if you structure this through your business through you and that loan is through a business purposes, that's it can be a tax deduction for you because it's a business expense. So the interest can be a business expense. So you're getting that good tax deduction. So if that's all you can pay or that's all you want to pay, um, yeah. you get a little tax break on there. But as you pay it back, let's say you, you put some to interest and you put some to principal, you decide what amount goes to what to your, again, it's your money. You're in control right. the entire time here. Um, but let's just say you just put $500 back into it. Boom, 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 time and time again. What that's doing is it's lowering the lien on your money yeah. over time. And so you're not only getting internal growth, but you're also paying for the policy, which is increasing the amount you have to collateralize. Um, and it's also reducing the lien on it. And so let's say a few years down the line, you now have you know, $75,000 in there and you go, you know, use that for another project. And now you okay. have two products going at the same time and it just churns and churns and churns. Yeah. Obviously the more in there, the <laughs> the more that's in there, the more you can do, but yeah. Yeah. So, and so let's talk about that and let's get morbid for a minute. So yeah. I, let's just say I have a million dollar, uh, available to me, right. From my policy, I go out and I buy 10 and some people are going to cringe at this, but let's just say I go out and buy 10 single family homes at a hundred thousand dollars each. Right. And then I die. Mm -hmm. What happens? Sure. Sure. So 
I mean, I still, and those $100,000 were loan, would secure loans for these properties, right? So, so now the properties, the 10 properties uh, have mortgages on them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm no well, longer. Exactly. You're, you're, you are your own mortgage lender. You owe that money back to your cash value. Okay. Well, let me ask you this. Can't it, let's just say I have a hundred thousand dollars. We'll get back to that question here in a minute. Let's just say I have a hundred thousand dollars available. I want to go out and buy a $500,000 property. Can okay. I use that hundred thousand dollars as a down payment on a $500,000 property? Absolutely. Okay. Mm-hmm. So let's just say I did that. That would be a smart move. Yeah. 10, 10 times. Right. Okay. Yeah. I'm using that a million, million bucks. Mm-hmm. Now I have $5 million, uh, no, roughly $4 million of mm-hmm. mortgage payments or mortgages that have mm-hmm. to go into, I pass away, right? Mm-hmm. The family throws a big party. Hey, he's gone. <laughs> yeah. I'm joking. My wife is probably going to beat me up if she listens to this one. Um, but what happens to that? What, hap- what happens to the policy? What happens to the mortgages? Like what, what, there's a lot of numbers right. that kind of move around on that event, right? In this mm-hmm. case, it's, it's mm-hmm. my death. What happens in that scenario? Sure. So, um, and then we'll wrap it up. Okay. You, you, have, you have a lean, obviously you have a lean on that quote unquote down payment from your cash value. And now you have okay. mortgages on those properties as well. Uh, you're a buy and hold guy. So I'm assuming from yep. a buy and hold perspective, ideally they're cash flowing too. So they're uh, curbing, curbing, curbing the field, curbing yeah. the pain of, yeah. of mortgages, right? Yeah. So as long as they're cash flowing and they're covering the mortgages, that's good. But here's what's great is you still have a death benefit. Okay. So when you pass away, the the cash value then takes care of that down payment. Okay. Your mortgage is still there. Now, if you had $1 million of cash value, chances are you have a pretty good sizable death benefit as well. Yeah. There's ways to, again, it, the death benefit appreciates along with you. You age like a fine wine, so does your, so does your death oh. benefit. <laughs> we'll bottom shelf whiskey, I don't know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Military special. (laughs) Uh, So, so your death benefit is there too. So your death benefit then goes to your beneficiary tax-free. And let's just say you have, you said $4 million in in death and in mortgage. Yep. So your, your family can either take that to pay back those mortgages, but if they're cash flowing, they're already going to, you know, have floating or so they can accelerate the down, you know, paying off of it, you know, use some of it to, to pay it off or use some of it, you know, to live obviously. Um, so yeah, so that's, that's again, that I would encourage people if you're going to leverage highly like that and go really aggressive and have that much, again, being in debt and having debt is two different things, but if you're going to carry that much debt professionally, make sure your death benefits there to take care of your family just in case something happens. So you can leverage up your cash value, but again, your cash value is still separate from your death benefit. So if you have a million dollar cash value account, chances are you're going to have anywhere from two to $5 million in death benefit, maybe more. Yeah. Maybe more. And so that would go and cover all the mortgages. And now your family owns those properties outright. They can sell them off or keep holding them. Yeah. And that's one thing I don't like about our current insurance policy is that it, it doesn't do a whole lot for, it doesn't, it doesn't do a whole lot for the family once I'm gone. You know, that's something that I've got to focus on. Of course. I mean, and that's, no one likes to have that conversation, but yeah, but it's, Man. Every job has its hard piece and, and that's a big piece of it. I mean, you can't, yeah. I, I get this term like, well, my life insurance policy is my, my properties. 
yeah, that's exactly what I want my wife to deal with. After I'm gone, I want her to be. <laughs> I, I'd rather, I'd rather there be enough cash flow in in those properties so that the property manager uh, takes care of them. And, yeah. and again, I hope they have a property manager in place too. So. Yeah, you know, they do. We, we do on all yeah. of ours. So it's, uh, it's, a, it's, it was a struggle to find the right ones, but yeah. Uh, once oh, you like find 100%. them exactly that human, that human capital is vitally important yeah, <laughs> you know well, hey, a, quick, a quick plug too hey, we talked about young kids yeah, yeah, yeah. i mean it is so so incredibly easy to do this um i for college planning purposes yeah your, oh yeah your kids will graduate college with a positive net worth because they can literally collateralize college i mean it is a masterful play it's an yeah. absolute play well, so I wrote down a potential title for this episode is use your kids to leverage your infinite banking strategy. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how uh, no, the cost is so low. I mean, you would have to, your kids are going to be a $10 million death benefit to put, to put a lot in there, but hey, you never know. You never know. I mean, it's an option, oh, yeah, so right? There's so, insured in the owner. So you as yeah. the owner, you control, you pay for it. So you control the money. So yeah. Uh, Anthony, I know, um, we're, we're coming up on time and, yeah. and I appreciate you having this conversation with me again. I, I think of course, man. you've seen the light bulb get brighter and brighter and I'm now, you know, grasping, um, sometime some, we've got a couple of things going on. Um, I'm actually changing W2 jobs. Hey, congrats, man. I, I think congratulations. Hey, oh yeah. It's, it's uh, good. I, I wasn't forced. I don't, maybe <laughs> Uh, but I, it's an excellent opportunity, uh, potentially to earn more money. Yeah, um, man. Congratulations. And then, um, it'll be, it'll be a good growing opportunity for my family. But so that's coming up within about a week and a half is when, when I'll do that. And then, uh, about two, three weeks after that, we've got baby number three should be here by then. We've got a lot of life changing events coming up, but after kind of the dust settles, I want to, I want to circle up with you personally and yeah. start talking more about this and of course and, and do something, you know? Yeah, um, but I think the one thing take that your 401k with you, a lot of people don't, that money's yours. Roll that thing out. If you have existing 401k money okay. with W2, get it into a self-directed. You can start. Yeah. 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 I do. I've, I've got two properties under a SDR, SDRA. Okay. Um, um, that was one of the things when I saw, I was like, Hey, I can, that was on the pros column of leaving <laughs> is to take that 401k and put it in the SDIRA. Yeah. Um, the only thing I don't like about that is you can't get that money tax free until you're that's nine and, a half, and then that's, I just, I hate it. I hate it. I mean, if it's a true IRA, it's locked in until you're an old person and I'm, I'm a fan of being able to live now. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, uh, shouldn't, and shouldn't not live. And that's again, I, Dave Ramsey teaches really good stuff but he teaches a really hard life until you're yeah. an older person. Yeah. And we're not guaranteed tomorrow. As much Correct. as we think we are invincible, we are not guaranteed tomorrow. We are so not. Yeah. Structured your money some way to live today. So you don't have to sacrifice tomorrow. That's the way to do it. So yeah. Yeah. One of the, this, this is what the infinite banking concept, the private reserve strategy allows you to do. So. I gotcha. Yep. And now um, on the 401k, I do the match minimum. That's it. Yeah. You know, it's kind of I hard mean, to turn, with, turn down free money. I get eviscerated online every time I talk about this. Is the match even really worth it? You talk about market fluctuations. I mean, I know, I know. Un, yeah. Uninterrupted compounding interest, which is what this, what's the, this whole concept allows you to have. If the market down six months ago, the S&P 500 took a landslide. It took six months to recover. Come back. 
Now, hey, it recovered. My account's looking great. Well, you're also contributing to you're that. Account. Breaking even. <laughs> if you leave that business, and it happened to me too. I didn't meet the invested period with my last job. And so yeah. I, thought I, had, I thought I had 10 grand in there. I had four. I had $4,000. Of your own there. money. No yeah. Yeah. Oh man, it was crazy. It was crazy. And uh, so yeah. it's, in my opinion, there's a better, right now with the taxability codes being so low, it's just a good time to have that money in your control. Down. So yeah. I don't want to die in a bank. So. Uh, if, we, if we've established one thing today, I think you'll agree is that all infinite banking strategies or insurance, mutual insurance policies are not created equal, right? Uh, that, is, that is very true. It okay. is very true. Because cool. um, uh, every insurance agent knows how to write a permanent insurance policy. And, and I, I connect with a lot of insurance agents and I've conducted training even to small organizations to show them how to actually use it. Um, yeah, every every agent can write these policies, but it's they don't necessarily understand the implementation of it. It's a product yeah. to them; it's not a strategy. So, and there's a big difference. I, I love that it's not a product to them, it, or it's a product to them. It's not a strategy. I, exactly. I love that. Well, Anthony, thank you again for your time this morning. Um, I hope the family gets to feeling better. Very. Yeah, soon. I appreciate. I think I think we're all on the up and up. Yeah. Good. Good. Yeah. Tell us uh, what's the best way if somebody wants to get in touch with you. Yeah, I try to be extremely, uh, extremely available. So um, I'm going to throw my number out there. Um, yeah. So it's area code 904-707-3114. Uh, feel free, I'm not going to answer if you call me, so shoot me a text first and we'll set up a time to talk. Um, email address is my name separated by a period. So it's anthony.ornella at driveplanning.com. And again, obviously you can find more about drive planning at driveplanning.com. Uh, we are, we offer a bunch of different solutions and strategies from, from the financial aspect of it. So, yeah. uh, you know, people are, people are very scared to get into real estate. And if you structure your stuff correctly, I mean, people are losing money way more than they know. Um, yeah. <laughs> and finding and capturing lost capital. Um, yeah. It's, it's not through a budget. It's just people are, people are very cash flow inefficient today. So yeah. we, we help people find their, their hidden cash flow and then redirect it into stuff like real estate. So. Awesome. I'm looking forward to personally engaging with you on that. Yeah, so thanks, um, maybe, maybe June. Yeah. July. So, so, so my wife's, my wife's in the reserves now and we, we go back to Hawaii uh, one month out of the year. So okay. to, I think mid June to mid July, we're going to be um, in, in, in joint base Pearl Harbor. Hickam. It's a high, it's a hard life. Nice. It's yeah. a hard. <laughs> it sounds um, like it. <laughs> but Jay, I really thank you, man. This I, yeah. I've I've been a part of your Facebook community, and I'm really honored to be on the podcast, man. You you are yeah. a great coach and a, and a great asset for a bunch of people. So I appreciate thank that. Thank you there, so much, man. You're welcome. There was a guy who posted this uh, last night or this morning talking about, hey, if there's one thing I've learned from this group is that you need an accountability partner, and I need one to stop spending. Uh, so much money on random stuff. And I'm like, you know, that's not even part of our message, but he got that. That's awesome. You know? Yeah. And uh, yeah. um, anyway, uh, but thank you for engaging. Of I mean, that, that group has, has outgrown my expectations and now it's like, okay, let's get serious about it, yeah. <laughs> you know, and yeah. see where we can take it. But thank you for that. And I will let you know, this will be a few weeks coming out. What yeah. I'm trying to do, I'm trying to um, uh, ramp up, these interviews i've got a, a few several this week mm -hmm. so that when the baby gets here i don't have to worry about yeah that's smart very pushing very them smart. out so i've got a bunch of stuff lined up so i'll let you know uh in my i'm sure sleep deprived mind when that happens 
when uh when it comes out okay sure yeah. thanks again for your time man hope family gets feeling better very soon and i'm sure we'll chat very soon okay yeah cheers jay thanks man right, Appreciate it. have a great day take care you too